All right, so today we're starting a new series. I'm super excited about this. We have Josh Plummer. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for being our guinea pig. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So let's get started. Tell me, uh, tell me about yourself. Let's let's start at the very beginning. Very beginning. Yeah. Uh, I was born in '93. Thirty years old. Oh my lord. That's the that's the beginning of it. Um, I uh, born and raised in the you know Clearwater campus, St. Pete area. Um, lived in just about every city in Pinellas County, um, all over the place. But primarily, um, my mom still is in Tarpon Springs. Dad's still in Palm Harbor. Um, see them quite a bit now, but, um, yeah, um, I grew up, um, uh, where'd you go to high school? I went to East Lake high school. So not too far from where I was, uh, played basketball there. Uh, I'm trying to get all the cliff notes. <laughs> what's important and what's dumb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Were you in the band? I was not. I actually, I played You're too cool for that. I played in middle school band. <laughs> I was, a, I was a little afraid and I'm sure we'll get into that <laughs> later on in the, in the interview process, but. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I had to, I was terrible at standardized testing. Mm. So the FCAT had my number for years and they're mm. like, look, you can't pick an extra elective. You have to go to a reading class. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I was probably better than some of the kids in that class yeah. that were in the reading class. Yeah. But I had to be in it because I just didn't have another option. Mm -hmm. So they were like, look, you got to, they made me take a virtual class so I could get my extra elective. And they're like, the only thing we have left is banned and i go <laughs> all right i was like i'll give it a shot and this was when i was like 12 13 and all my friends are you know athletes and like yeah the the meathead middle school kids you yeah. know all the youth football to the <laughs> to the to the school on fridays or whatever so did you have any interest in music prior to that very minimal okay. there was some there that i like i kind of understood what it was my dad was very into you know classic rock obviously my dad played in a band in, in mm -hmm. high school so the the initial like I guess understanding of music came from him, okay. And then you know singing songs in the car with my mom, growing up driving all over the place. So yeah, um, it was just it was something that I was relatively familiar with. But I had a drum set before I joined the band. But like I liked playing, just doing my own thing, plugging yeah. in headphones and just beating up the drums okay. for a little bit. But it wasn't. It wasn't anything organized, and I, I had a problem with it being like, you need to learn this yeah. thing today, and it wasn't yeah. music that was speaking to me. It was yeah. just like, this is piece number 64 in the book, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Yeah. So I got really good at, because um, I didn't know how to read music. I They taught, they taught me the basics of it, mm -hmm. couldn't sight read worth anything, had no idea what I was doing, and I would just... I would just memorize stuff. I would take it home and memorize it. So that way, any anytime there was like a pop quiz or anything, I'd be on the, you know, on the bells or whatever. Yeah. She'd be like, play me number, you know, 112. And I'd be like, Did, and I, I would get it. And oh she'd be like, oh, gosh. wow, that's that's very good. So that was more like concert band. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So you got a taste of bells. You got snare, yeah. bass, drum, cymbals, yeah. whatever they were putting you on that it day. Was, yeah, it was just percussion. Okay. They were like, do you play anything? Have you played anything in the past? I go, I have a drum set. They go, perfect. We need somebody for percussion. So okay. I would. I stepped into it. I made, you know, made a made a few good friends there, and uh, it was it was an interesting experience to see because, you know, um, I guess I never understood what it could be outside of like, I don't know, the rock and roll that I was listening to. I had no yeah. concept of like, oh, there's, there's, you know, this starts much younger. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't know that. I thought it was just kind of like 
I played electric guitar for five years and then yeah. now we're on the road. You know, right. I didn't know that there was like other levels to it. Cause I'm like, I'm 11, 12 yeah, years old or whatever. Right. But yeah, so I, I did that. And then, um, I went to high school and I didn't do that because I, I was, I, I just, yeah, I didn't want the worlds to collide. Yeah. So I was fine with playing in a garage band yeah. at the time with, with my good friend Cole. And, uh, he and I had this like weird almost immediate musical chemistry mm -hmm. that I didn't I didn't really know how to explain yep. at the time. And it just feels like I remember hearing somebody say, I think it was John Mayer talking about like he's like, whenever you play a song, whenever you play a Tom Petty song, it feels like somebody's picking you up off of the ground. Mm -hmm. And you're just kind of like uh, like absorbing it from from a distance, you know? And that's what it felt like looking back at it. And I was like, this is I, I'd never I never understood that because mm -hmm. the only people I would play along to was whatever was in my my earphones. Sure. You know, at the time. Um, so you were playing a full set of drums yeah, at that yeah. point, and your buddy played guitar? Yeah, he was electric guitar, the the garage, drop D, crunchy, yeah. you know, <laughs> Chevelle, a lot of uh, Alter Bridge. Mm -hmm. We did some Disturbed and yeah. like Stained and yeah. what they call butt rock now, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, but we also did, you know, we, we did some other stuff and, you know, some, uh, some, some original stuff, which was the most fun. Really? Because... Yeah, he would just be like, hey, I wrote this piece. Um, what do you think about it? And I would just sit on the kit and go, like, this is what I'm hearing. This mm -hmm. is how we can kind of tweak this to kind of make it kind of flow a little bit. And yeah. we would – so that was, I guess, the beginning of, of writing for me was just understanding sonically, like, what you could do mm -hmm. without adding a melody to anything. It was just – it was the drums. It was just the backbone of it. Yeah. And I think the beginning of that for me was, you know, we we would get good enough to feel like – Hey, let's invite some people over and like mm -hmm. have them sit here. Like, let's let's introduce the pressure of live performance to us and let's <laughs> see what we're really made of. Because like <laughs> yeah. in a practice thing in the garage, all you're doing is like you go like, oh, that's we missed that. Let's run it back. Let's mm -hmm. do it again. But like, there was something about the the benefit of doing that immediately and having you know 15 people come over. Like our girlfriends would be there, and like that's, that's a motivation, right? There. Yeah, we'd be yeah. like, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah how were so that, your parents with everything were they they were pretty supportive they were pretty supportive with yeah. it yeah i i think it was uh it was an interesting thing because i i everything about my identity from you know probably fourth or fifth grade until the end of high school was an athlete you know i was i was a you know i played a lot of baseball played travel ball up until i was in uh high school in high school i played uh basketball wasn't very good at it but i i did my best <laughs> But it was well. You're very tall, yeah. So surprisingly, I was the shortest. Really, uh, sh I was the shortest player at my position in the district at in my oh senior my year. Oh my goodness! Yeah. The four other guys that were in there, there was a kid, kid from Tarpon who was like six eight, like two fifteen, two twenty, solid in high school. Yeah, oh yeah, Ooh. grown grown men out yeah. there. And then there was uh, Clearwater High School, um, not far from where we are now. Mm -hmm. They had two. Not one, but two guys on their team that were seven feet tall. Oh so you know, one of the guys in foul trouble, he goes on the bench. Yeah, another, another one's coming one, right yeah. off, and <laughs> there's there's just no help. So um, yeah, I was. And there was another another couple that were in there that were like you know six five, six six. Yeah. So I was just that's amazing, just tall enough to play center, but short yeah. short enough to not do it well. <laughs> uh, gotcha. <laughs> okay, so after high school, what'd you do? After high school, um, our, our all of my friends, we went our separate ways. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, I attended Florida Atlantic mm -hmm. for a little bit. Go Owls, Hootie Who. I didn't graduate, <laughs> so I don't know if I'm allowed to say Hootie Who, but 
Uh, I think I, so. I still claim them since they made it to the final four. I'll, I'll, there you I'm, go. I'm rooting for them again. We're back. Um, but yeah, I went to I went to college. But before I went there, like we were talking about earlier, I I had this very elaborate drum kit. It was like a seven piece, seven cymbal mm-hmm. EDP, like navy blue. At a you know, I had two uh, two floor toms, a double kick pedal. You know, a bunch of like miscellaneous Zildjian. You know, splash, couple crashes, a, a big ride. An additional rack tom to the little eight inch mm-hmm. uh, right above the snare. So I was I loved that kit. I ended up selling it, but before I did, when I went to college, everybody was like, "You can't take this with you. Yeah, there's no way you can have it in the dorm." So, um, my friend Cole was like, "Look, I, you'll thank me later, but let's teach you a couple couple things on guitar because <laughs> at the time I had only I had only sang." You know, when we did acoustic portions of our garage set. Okay. So and you can sing and play the drums at the same time? I haven't really tried in a while, Ooh. but I've, it's, when I was in a band in college, I'm jumping around all over it's the place. Okay. So sorry. It's but right. yeah, when I was in a band in college, I found out that I can do it, but I, it has to be very scarce because yeah. my cardio is not great. It was much better back then. I can't imagine <laughs> what it'd be like now. But, um, yeah, it's crazy to watch people do that. And it is play and I, you know. I, I don't understand. I feel like it. I would just be shaking the whole time. It yeah. would just be everything. Yeah. So okay, sorry. No, no, it's it's fine. Yeah, I I um. So you I, learned a couple chords. I learned a couple chords and took it to college with me. Yeah. And you know, I played a lot of you know power chord driven grungy stuff. Yeah. You know, very basic things that were you know not necessarily um the music that I wanted to play, but the stuff that I knew how to play well. And then I kind of, you know, I, I branched out and, and learned a lot about other music and, you know, the singer-songwriter genre and, like, telling a story and writing actual lyrics and putting them to a song or putting them to uh, something you wrote on the guitar. When I was, like, 18 or 19, I think I did that for the first time. And I was like, this is wild. You know, I was, okay. I, I, I didn't know. So that hit didn't you. Didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was still kind of, like, I don't know. I think I was most concerned about being validated by the people that were like closest to me. Mm. But at the same time, and this isn't a knock to them whatsoever, but I think a lot of the times you just need to know in your heart that you're writing something that's true and honest. And then the people that will see that will, will come to it and appreciate it for what it is. Because if you put your stock in people that are just close to you, like it, and again, I don't mean this as a knock, but my friends don't like the style of music that I play. There's a there's a vast majority of them that do not listen to something that's in my lane of what I do, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But it's you know it starts from your friends knowing who you are and knowing that you do this, and then them recommending it to somebody like, hey, you might you might enjoy this, right? But you know, so I think that was like the first thing. I just was seeking that validation initially, like from the jump. I was like, what do you think about this? Is this good? Yeah. Then I would like, you know, have people that don't know what I'm trying to do be like these co-writers on things or like kind of correct what I'm what I'm doing. And they're mm-hmm. like, I don't know. And it seems a little sad. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Trying to get you to feel, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> but yeah, it was um it was uh, it was it was quite the change for sure because I had gone from being in the back of you know, of yeah. of a lightly attended garage show and then, you know, when I got to the point where I was comfortable enough to in college i was playing these open mics that were like a lot of seasoned musicians that were out there and they were tough you know it was a tough crowd it was a it was a city of you know 
uh, the, the part of the town that I was playing in was, was Delray Beach, and there's a lot of local drunks there that'll tell you that you fucking suck yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you suck. It's, that's just how it goes. <laughs> yeah. People would come up and, you know, I, I hosted an open mic because I just wouldn't stop showing up. Mm-hmm. And I was the only guy that was there, like, on a regular basis. So the, the owner was like, hey, man, I, I, leave, um, I leave town for, like, a quarter of the year every year because he, he builds, like, these clean water pipelines for, mm. for, uh, for um, countries that don't have awesome. a, a nice right. setup, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so he would go down to, you know, Central America and South America and things like that and just, just help with these elaborate engineering projects. He'd mm. be gone for a long time, and he'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll host, or, or I need a host for mm-hmm. this while I'm gone because, I, you know, normally it's me. He right. was a great guitar player, really, really nice guy. His name is Mike. And uh, Mike hired me as a 21-year-old kid in, I think it was right around this time, about nine years ago, at his bar. A bar called Rockin' Angels. It is no longer there. <laughs> RIP. Uh, <laughs> it's been a few things since then. But when he hired me, I always tell people this, and I'm like, I'm always so scared to say it. Back then, back like five, six years ago, I was a little bit more afraid to say it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I, I know it's wrong. But uh, he hired me for $40. He paid me $40 a night to host an open mic that started at 9 o'clock, which means I needed to get there at 8.15, 8.30. Sure. It went until 2 in the morning Oh, on a Tuesday. My yeah, 40 bucks. And then I told, so I told my buddy about that. I was like, dude, I got my first paid gig. And he like broke down. He goes, you're not even making minimum wage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Damn. Please tell me it was cash. It was, sometimes it was cash, but uh, other times, this is, this is how much of a piece of shit I used to be mm-hmm. back in the day. He would give me 40 bucks out of the drawer or a check and um, $20 bar tab. I okay. used it every time, yep. obviously. It was $2 Tuesday. So oh, yeah. you do the math on yeah. that. Uh, now you're above minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, it was, yeah. Such is life yeah. of a upstart musician, yeah. though. I mean, that yeah. at least you got something out of it. I can't tell you how many gigs I've played for exposure. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that really pays the bills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's it's got to be a really special circumstance to, mm-hmm. to play for exposure right you know it's, yeah it's a funny it's a funny concept and like opening for john mayer yeah did you do that <laughs> no god oh my, i was like what yeah <laughs> uh, somewhere in dreamland i yeah, did that right. <laughs> um all right so that was your first paid gig yeah first one all right um what happened next um so after that i kind of got my feet wet with mm-hmm. some stuff i i you know uh I've, I fell in love with the, 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 the story element of yeah. it. I loved hearing people's stories and um, just, you know, hanging out with other musicians and, and listening to how they got to where they're sitting in this very moment. You know, mm-hmm. some of them obviously pull some punches and not tell you the whole truth, but I was fascinated by the difference of people, mm-hmm. especially in an area that was like, it was very high income zip code. But a lot of the people that I was rubbing shoulders with at the time, it wasn't like the bratty college bars with like, mm. you know who my dad is kind of guys. <laughs> right. It was like the guy who was there all day and just racks up a, an enormous bar tab. And they're like, how are the kids? He's like, I, who, who knows? You know, <laughs> I like, have kids? like those guys. <laughs> so 
you know, it's, I, I say it in jest, but like there were a lot of really interesting people that probably be looked at in some other people's eyes as complete pieces of shit yeah. and deadbeats. Yeah. But right. for me, it was interesting because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how you can get to this. And I, I guess I kind of like, I would purposely set up things to fail just so I could get a, a good story out of it. Mm. So during the time when I was, when I would be playing there, you know, there were, I would take, you know, opportunities and gigs and I would go jam with musicians on stage to be like, let's do this. And if it sucks, I'll have a great story out of it. But right. now I'm like, do not, do not ask <laughs> me to do this unless I'm prepared. Right. But yeah, that was from 21 to 22. I was doing that. And, um, you know, I had met a lot of really, really good musicians over the years playing there. Some of them mm-hmm. are still close with today. Um, I'll, I'll, I could name so many of them, yeah. but I'll, I'll, I'll leave somebody out. So I'll, I'll include, <laughs> I'll include who I remember. But uh, so, how'd you get back over here? I moved back here because I was uh, pretending to go to college, and was not. Okay. And I flunked out, and they asked me to Pretend, leave. Pretending for who? My parents. Oh. <laughs> They're like, how's school going? I'm like, fucking awesome. I love you wouldn't believe it. Straight A's. It is going so sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I, I got the letter from the school that's like, you're, you're academically suspended, which oddly enough came at the first, uh, the weekend of the first paid gig that I was getting in a band. Okay. So when I was doing the open mic, I had a couple of friends of mine, Will and Elliot, um, who are still friends of mine to this day. We, we talk every once in a while. Um, and Will and I just were at an open mic recently in South Florida when I hit it on the way down to the Keys. And um, he, he was the first like songwriter that I met. That I, like, you could throw him anything and he could write a song out of it. It mm-hmm. was incredible. I was like, you have, you have a gift. Yeah. And I had never seen that up close and personal, like sure. the wheels turning and like, this is how a melody works. This is what, you know, this the is process. what a good chord structure yeah. is. Like, he wasn't afraid to recreate something simple but make it his touch you yeah. know i was always afraid in the beginning i'm like oh everybody's done that chord progression <laughs> I'm like yeah no shit there's only so many right things yeah in that uh, you know in that genre so just do what's comfortable for you and then you know let the rest fly but so what was that what was the name of that band that was when i was in it as the drummer um it was uh they were called original color and then um they changed their name again to fast forward and then they became track nine mm-hmm. they're no longer a band anymore uh i'm not allowed to talk about it okay <laughs> fair enough well i, I can, moving on let's let's just say i can but it's it's stuff that probably wouldn't go yeah well uh, anybody um, who's been in a yeah. band knows yeah it good guys sideways yep yeah don't get me wrong <laughs> G- great guys um still still relatively close with will and Elliot. but the funny thing about it was like when i went to their house to try out or went to the band practice space, I guess. I thought I was going to try out to be the, the singer and the rhythm guitar player. They're like, no, no, that's him. We want you on the drums. I was like, you guys oh. know I play drums? They're like, yeah, we were at the open mic the other night when you hopped up and played whatever it was. And I go, oh, shit, I did do that. <laughs> so I hopped up, I, I played the drums, and was I was replacing someone who was far better than me. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who came after me was, a, I mean, in a completely different planet in terms of, how he was i mean it's in his blood i'll tell you who it is after we get off okay he has yeah he has he has professional drumming in his blood and he's very very good yeah um but it was just something that i i loved because it like recreated the the garage aspect of it i was like this is like you know right and that first paid gig i was like hey we got 
we got money. something. Yeah. This is fun. More than $40? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We made more than 40 bucks. <laughs> I think we made 100 a piece the nice. first night. Nice. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, the, I guess the first kind of full thing that I was, or the, the full crowd that I would play for was um, I wasn't allowed to uh, partake in the mid-set pass around, mm-hmm. if I can say that, that. Yes. Okay. I wasn't allowed to smoke weed. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I w- because it messed with my meter. Or so they yeah. thought, and they were like, "You wait, you're dragging." And I was like, yeah. "I think it's you, but it's all right." Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't, I didn't That's touch funny. it. So when they would go out, and they would, you know, they would, they would get high on the break. Mm-hmm. I would be performing during the set break, and I would play like solo songs. So I would do like Dave Matthews tune. I'd do my original tune. I'd do like a Black Keys song or something like on that on guitar. On guitar. Okay. Yeah. So I would do both. Ooh, at the that's same, great. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> then when we, we would come back, we would, um, we'd all, you know, obviously switch places mm-hmm. and then everything would be back to normal. But yeah, it was, uh, it, cool. it was a fun, it was definitely a fun experience. We got yeah. to play the di- like a couple dives, a couple college bars yeah. and like really see like the, the, the full scope of, of things. It was yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So how did you get into full time? musician writing all of that um it's it's an interesting question i guess i had always wanted to perform at some level um i didn't know that you could make money doing it and make a comfortable mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I say comfortable i'm sweating right now <laughs> but uh a livable yeah wage mm-hmm. with this i thought it was just like Again, because the paid gigs that I got were, you know, a hundred bucks split five ways because right. we cut in a sound guy. Right. And, um, or 400 bucks split five ways. So it was like, you know, we were getting less than a hundred dollars for a three to four hour gig. And then there was the $40, which later turned into 60, but still right. awful. <laughs> so I was used to that and I didn't mm-hmm. understand like the going wage. I think a lot of musicians, when they start playing the local cover gig scene around here, like they don't know what they can ask for. Right. And, um, it's so weird it too. Like you, when you're starting out, you don't know if you're setting the rate or mm. the place is setting the rate. And mm-hmm. how do you? How did? How did you go about that? How, you know, I asked a lot of uh, a lot of people. There were a lot of people in the beginning of the uh, of the the I guess the journey for me that I used as a resource to kind of go like, what do I do here? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I make this look cleaner? How do I reach out without bothering people? Right. Like you can't, you, you have to bug people mm-hmm. because otherwise they're just not going to yeah respond They're Yeah. They're going to forget you completely exist. And because there's just so many people, there's a, it's a saturated <clears throat> market. Like there's so many musicians around here. Like, and you know, I, I had trouble going into it now. I still do going into it the mentality of like, okay, fine. You don't want to book me? Like, Whatever, I'll fucking go somewhere else. Right. I don't care. Like, so do you do all your own bookings? I do. Okay. I've worked with a booking agent a couple of times, mm-hmm. but it was not a not a great experience. Yeah. It was just, you know, some people do it really well, some people do not. And yeah. this, these people did not. Okay. But yeah, I um I've worked with worked with a couple over the years and then um it uh in December of twenty nineteen I was I was uh I met my now wife in the at the end of uh, 2018, the last day of 2018. Mm. We started dating throughout 2019, and I was I was driving trucks for AutoNation mm. um, out at out here Clearwater. Mm-hmm. I was doing a long distance run 
to Fort Myers, like here and back. Mm-hmm. And I was, I guess, getting my job done quicker, or they were like, hey, uh, you know, we think that you can do this. So we're going to add some stuff to your route. And I was like, I can't do that because I'm still, I'm still playing music at the time. Yeah. They're like, what? You don't want overtime? I'm like, no, I don't want right. overtime because your overtime is $18 an hour. My regular nightly right. wage is yeah. $50 an hour yeah. at a gig. That's mm-hmm. no secret. That's right. what it is. Yeah. You know, uh, some are, some are way more generous than that now, which I think, uh, is, is, I think COVID had a big, big part of it. Yeah. A lot of people either now pay extremely fair rate or they are like, look, we're, you know, we're still at like a hundred bucks. We're like, okay, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Bye. Yeah. So I, I mean, I can't, it's just, yeah. you know, I'm not asking my friends to come into your bar and pay half price for the beer that you're selling. Right. So yeah. I feel like I should be compensated just like I am everywhere else. Right. You know? Yeah. Not singling anybody out, but it no. just, it just, it just happens. Yeah. It's a part you of it. find where you fit. Yeah. You know, yep, what works for both. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was there was a I might get in trouble for saying this, but let's let <laughs> let's it happen. do it. Yeah, so I, I was um, I I play this place uh, Nona Slice House. Shout out to the the boys at Nona. Nona. Um, yeah, I've been there every Monday for um, four and a half years, and when I first started getting booked, um, the 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 girl that does the booking for them came to me and she said. Yeah, I have this guy who wants to come in here. He wants to. He said that he would play for seventy five dollars and a slice of pizza. And I go, he's gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I go. That's called not understanding your value. Yeah, because that's just the desperation move. Like, yeah. I'll give you a great deal. Yeah, you know, you don't want to find deals with everything you do. Nope. You know, Mm-mm. plastic surgery, musicians, <laughs> LASIK, whatever. Dennis, don't don't. <laughs> Yeah, right. don't don't try to find the discount. But oh, yeah, that was that's just a funny thing because that was the first time where I was like, people can just like they do that, like they sure. willingly take less. I'm like, I didn't even that never crossed my mind. Yeah, like I would never want to do that. Yeah. Let's talk about your songwriting. Okay. When did that get started? Um, like taking it seriously. Yeah. Uh, taking it seriously, I think started. Um, Maybe about 2016, 2017. I guess before I had kind of understood um, the concept of what a song should be, but I was having trouble with it because it was it, it was things coming from my brain and my feelings, and my personal thoughts and opinions on things, mm. and how I process onto a page that is to later be consumed by somebody else. Mm. So I was like. I like connecting to somebody who I don't know that can kind of like that can that can heighten the connection with with the person that is writing the song because it's not as it, you know it's you're not bearing your soul for like an eh response right you know you're listening to it and you're like oh my god I feel that I feel every word of that right I feel every every ounce of pain that he's pouring into this song and I had problems with that because I was like what if people just think I'm being a little bitch and right. like they don't like <laughs> They don't like it. Look at, listen there's, to this whiner. And there's still people out there that do that, by yeah. the way. There's still still in the in the inner circle of, of people yeah. that they're yeah. always like, why do you do this? Why is it so sad? And be like, this is how people process things, you know? Absolutely. And when bad shit happens in your life, you got to write it down. And 
I've been blessed that that was the escape for me. Like, yeah. A lot of musicians that I know that were at that bar that I was talking about earlier, like they, some of them fell into things that they couldn't get out of. And, mm. you know, luckily none of them very close personal friends of mine, but I, you know, I'd see it. And it was, it's, it's painful to watch, mm. you know, because like, they, you know, that they don't have a healthy release or an outlet right. to, to kind of get, get past some things. So yeah. I guess when I moved back here, it was when I, um, I moved back here in October of 2015. That was the the end of the rope for me down in, in South Florida. And I started a warehouse job. And I just remember, like, mopping up a bunch of, like, cut cardboard and, like, dust. And just, like, there's a trap music playing in the background. I'm sweating my ass off. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm working with a bunch of people who are, like, you know, good good guys. Uh, a lot of I worked with a lot of good guys. Some, some of them I'm still friends with today. But just the... Just knowing that you're not somewhere where you can fully be what you want to be. Yeah. And just having to sit there for another six hours to go home. Right. I just like looked around. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. This is my life now. You know, like, and it taught me discipline. Like I understood the shitty aspects of a job. Like, doesn't matter. You got to, you got to get it done, you know? And that was, yeah, you have to. And then that was pretty much it for me. Um, You know, I, I, I had kind of expressed an interest in songwriting not just covering songs when i got there and i was like you know having to write things down and process them that way mm-hmm. my mom just sent me something on the drive over here is <laughs> a jimmy buffett quote r.i.p jimmy buffett mm-hmm. um but she's a big jimmy buffett fan and she's you know she's reading all these quotes and now kind of now that i she knows that i write songs and i've yeah. talked to her about some of these things like um he, she was saying that he said, you know, write about being in the moment, write about mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I, I'm not a huge Buffett fan, but I think that's a, it's a great piece of advice to yeah. any songwriter. Write about what you're feeling in the moment right now. Yeah. And then that will come, that, that will, I guess, kind of, you know, branch off into mm-hmm. something that can be fictional, that can be an extended metaphor for how you're feeling. But mm-hmm. as, as a great me, starting point. Yeah. For mm-hmm. me, at least like writing about what you see, just look at something in a room and just mm-hmm. do that whole thing. Like the Jeff Tweedy has an Instagram reel about that where he's like, give me random words and then I'm going to mm-hmm. write. And then, you know, it's, it's <laughs> interesting. Like there's a lot of approaches to songwriting. I don't think there's a, a right and wrong thing per se, but I will say the only thing that really resonates with me to a successful song, like one that's played uh, regularly in my live shows and, you know, writers rounds and, 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 you know, events that, that I've done in the past, the ones that are the most honest are the ones that that typically reach the most people. As uncomfortable as it might be right. to face that in the moment, it's better for me to go, this is what I felt. Mm-hmm. I don't feel it anymore. Right. But it's, it's that something. Connection. It's that connection yeah, it's, point. It's something that I felt at the at the time. And like a lot of times you go, you live out these things, these breakups, these deaths, losses, uh, you know, cutting ties with with friends, career changes, like family mm-hmm. ties and or, or tension and struggle. And that's a lot of what my writing is about. And I just write it down. I feel it. I put it on a page. If it sucks, I throw it out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's good, a, a lot of people see the song for fully what it is rather than just going like, oh, he's whining, he's complaining. Right. Like, what, what is this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's awesome. But I think a lot of it, too, is, you know. I guess the people that are like closest to me, I don't really vent 
like I do mm. the the way that I do in my songs yeah. to them in conversation. Mm-hmm. So when I go down like um, you know, a, a really dark, you know, a black hole of mm-hmm. this anxiety of performing and just not being able to make some things work sometimes, like people don't know that I feel that way until I play it and then they're like, "Oh shit, this is, you know." I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> I think it's a way of like kind of gently introducing people to like the the struggle of just wanting to do something good, you mm-hmm. know, and, and help. Like mm-hmm. I don't write because I'm a lot of people are like, let's go, let's go to this writer's <laughs> writer's convention and meeting right. and like we'll draw name brand shit out of a hat and now we have to rhyme it with that. And what's something that you did this weekend? Like did you uh, did you have a drink? All right, cool. We're drinking, we'll add that. You know, did you go on the boat? All right, we'll do that. And then it's just like people just want to write hits and there's a formula to that and there's a good thing there there's a lot of fun has come out of that Mm -hmm. i love listening to drinking music when i'm out on the boat or like you know at the beach with friends or at the Mm -hmm. pool whatever like the out it's it's florida you want to have like vibey music you know yeah but i don't think it should be forced and formulaic so Mm. like and and i guess kind of i don't know I, i i i like the i like the honest stuff i like people really telling you what everything is about because there's a lot of people that don't have a voice to do that or don't feel like they belong or like that they must be the only person that's feeling this and that they're alone in Mm -hmm. in whatever battle they're going through and that's Mm -hmm. never the case it never it never is i mean there's obviously you know my struggles are are very minimal compared to you know a, a person that's had a really really tough luck but you know i i do have problems with you know I, I hate myself at times. I'm very self-loathing. Mm. I'm very judgmental of like my own work. Mm. I never think it's good enough. I think a lot of artists go through that. Definitely. I th- and I think the other thing is too, I think we put I think we put an irrational level and an irresponsible level of our obsession with the numbers in our head. <laughs> yeah. And it drives us crazy. Yeah. I I do it too. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's people that that it doesn't it doesn't affect them. And I try to be one of those people, but I'm not. Like I, I look at I look at my Spotify numbers every day. Mm-hmm. I, I log in and see, like, let's see how we're doing today. Right. And it's always sad. It's yeah. it's not ever good. <laughs> but it's just like, how can I, you know, let's just see. I, did yeah. I have a good day today? Did I have a bad day? But I, I think that's a big part of it. The comparison was yeah. it? Uh, was it was it Teddy Roosevelt? The comparison is it is the thief of joy? Yes. Is that right? I think that's right. It really is. I mean, I, I every time every mm-hmm. time I look at like a lineup or. a or a gig or a, or a song that I wish I wrote. I'm like, yeah. God, you know, like, I, I'm just like, why can't I do that? You know, it's, there's so much of it that, yeah. that just hits you like seemingly negatively, but I, I've, I've found a way to kind of channel it for the better. You yeah, know? absolutely. Will you, uh, will you give us a little taste here? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Let me out of this car. I'm tired of the dark Just tell me where we'll go But I hate that I don't know We've been moving too long I know that soon I'll be gone Taken by a man I see Every morning at the sink I'm just a puppet on a stage I wrote the book, you turned the page But I fall victim to my mind that's all you'll ever find And there's more you can't see Falling off the balance beam 
awesome thank you yeah thank you guys for having me so we are um coming to near near a close in the podcast mm-hmm. um i'm thrilled that you're going to be joining us me too here at the collab studios yeah. and um i think it's going to be a really awesome night and a chance for people some new audience to get to know you yeah that's that's the best thing for mm-hmm. shows like this is to you know, you always want the support system there and, and the you know, people that don't really, that come out to see you but don't really get to see it in the full scope of what it is to, to be there. But it also, it benefits us having people that haven't ever heard this right. before and they go, oh, you know, what's this? So Yeah, in the venue space that we've created here, it's really, it's it eliminates that, that bar uh, 
scenario where you know yeah. the musician is more background right. you know that that's not how it is it's you you are the focal point yeah we are here to feel your music to listen to your music to really connect with you and the music yeah um and i think you're just going to be a perfect fit for that that night i hope so no promises but i'll i'll do <laughs> i'll do my best yeah, I'm. I'm also bringing. Uh, I'm bringing my friend Jeff Brockman too, mm-hmm. who's in a, a band, uh, One Way Forward. Jeff's a great guy. Um, I've been listening to him play. He, he's he's played a couple of my, a uh, couple of times that we're just happen to be in the same room. He's he's uh, he's done a little mini set in between, you know, when I'm playing, and uh, he's very talented, very good writer, very poetic, um, as a as a very good way with words, and I've always admired that about him. Um, he has a book. Um, of a collection of his poems, and the name of it is escaping me. But if I remember it, I will make sure to plug <laughs> it at the show because I know he probably won't do it. But some of them are are they're really uh, they're uncomfortable, yeah, like in a good way. Good. Like it's a uh, stuff that you uh, you read and you're like, ooh, that hurt, right? You know, like that was felt that one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he's got that he's got that ability to really you know um, make you look at things a little yeah. bit different, which is nice. So got a great perspective. Awesome. I look forward to yeah. uh to getting to know him yeah, as well. Yeah. If you had one if you had to pick one influence musically, uh who would you say? Uh you know what? I'm I'm gonna say that my biggest influence is uh my my best friend, uh Cole Krug. Mm. Um he is uh he is the the reason I do this. He's the motivation behind a lot of it. Um, and, uh, I think without his guidance and initial kind of, um, introduction to the creative parts of the world, I would probably not be where I am now. Um, that's a pretty big compliment. Yeah. He's, I, I've said it before and I, you know, it might embarrass him, but yeah, I I really I really truly do think that a lot of people grow up with you know influences that they hear on the radio, and I was just happening to to play with with those guys in the, yeah. in in a band, and you know I, I I fortunately was able to learn a lot, and you know he's the he was the first of of very many you know uh, musicians that kind of shaped me, um, but another guy that I specifically want to give a shout out to because I've I've said this to him before, and we've we've. <laughs> Done a you know a late night bar bro hug moment <laughs> over it, but uh, my my friend Elliot Moraski he he taught me the importance of practicing your ass off mm. and being prepared for everything that the show is gonna bring. And we were tight, we were very tight because of that. And I see it now, and I kind of I take it for granted because there's a lot of times where I'm like, damn, I wish I would have done that. I'm like, well, that's because this is my practice in the moment, yeah. you know, and. I, I'm bad with with rehearsing things and going over things like it's so I, hard to rehearse. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's so unmotivating. It there's is. nobody. There's that that energy is lacking of the room yeah. and the people, and yeah. it, it's yeah. really hard. It really is, and I mean, it just that you know, just him telling me you know politely but firmly like mm-hmm. that's not where you're coming in. Yeah, like, you gotta wait. Like, listen, we're going to do it right. We're going to get it again. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it again. We're mm-hmm. not just going to go, oh, we'll figure it out. Right. Because I was always that guy. Yep. I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll feel it. We'll feel it out. <laughs> but he's like, no, we're counting this out. We're, yeah. we're listening to the song yeah. that we're covering. And we're counting it out so we know what we're doing with this. 
And that was that was a big thing for him. And then, you know, uh Will Bathurst who, you know, he's another another friend of mine who shaped that um that that practice habit and the the intensity that he brought to the stage and showing people how to you know, he really was an entertainer. He was a very good, very good vocalist and a uh, really good guy. Um, John Lee, Jordan Laurenti, a couple other guys that I grew up with in the South Florida scene that were just, I mean, better than me, frankly. And it was like, I, I do this, I, I still continue to do this and pursue music for the people that don't do it anymore. Mm. Not that everybody that I listed isn't doing it anymore. Right. There are some that still do it. And in some ways you'll always do it, but... I guess like I do it because you know some people some people have more than one option. Mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of what I've done in this is born out of necessity. Mm. I've kind of had to learn how to be good at this because <laughs> it was the only thing I really wanted to do. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. It, and my mom was always, you know, and dad too. But mom was mom was the one who you know gave me the most direct and like again firm but fair advice mm-hmm. where you know she's like if you want to do this yeah it might suck mm-hmm. this might suck like yeah. you this isn't a corporate job you're not gonna right. get set up with health insurance and a dental plan <laughs> and you know vacation time a 401k like if you want to do this you got to be okay with those things not being yeah. around you know yeah. she was the first one to tell me you know right now the microphone and the guitar are not paying the bills <laughs> so you gotta go find a job yeah and I remembered that, and it's not an—it's not a slight to her, but she corrected me. She's like, "Look, you can do this, but you have to make sure everything else in your life is okay yeah. and taken care of before you make that kind of a jump." Well, good on you for being coachable. Yeah, I mean, a lot of young guys' egos take over, yeah. and um, that's uh, kudos for sure to you for that. Uh, okay. How can people best connect with you? Um, my cell phone number, no, <laughs> uh, I can, uh, I, I, I post regularly to my Instagram. That's where you'll find me. Okay. Um, most, I'm pretty good about responding there. Um, and then I have a Facebook group, Josh Plummer Music and Friends, because I can't have a business page anymore because then you have to, you have to pay to promote so everything. Dumb. Yeah. So I, yeah, so I'm doing that, uh, that, that, that group I post in regularly and then um my website which is extremely uh outdated and not up <laughs> not um up to date on the schedule but it's joshplumbermusic.com and uh you can find the EPs that we did um before you dig uh the stake and wrong side of sunrise those are all available on anywhere you like to listen Amazon music Apple music iTunes YouTube Spotify all that so uh, one, awesome. th- one thing to do if, you know, not just me, but anybody locally that you love is, you know, add those local musicians songs to a playlist and play them yeah. and just, you know, we don't get a lot of money from streaming. We do it to, to share the, the, the music with the world, but the more that it is streamed, it, it, you know, the more ears it's inevitably going to hit. So, yeah. um, it, so it helps. Easy. It helps us. Yeah. It's very, very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, some of it, you, it might not be your thing, but. If you know somebody that likes it, yeah. tell them about it. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then you'll be here at the collab. I'll be here. October 7th. That's right. October 7th, PM. I'll be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff Brockman's going to kick it off. He's going to do, uh, I think, 25, 30 minutes, and then I'll, I'll come up and do uh, do a set and tell some stories, play some. I'm going to be playing some newer, newer, older stuff. I like to say because it's, <laughs> I forgot I wrote it. And ah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, kinda, I think I like this hey, one. That's pretty good. Yeah. And, um, 
Great. Yeah, so we'll 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 have a great time. Thank you for having awesome. me. Awesome. Yes, yeah, absolutely. All right, y'all. You heard it, Josh Plummer, October seventh, seven p.m. We still have a couple tickets left. You can reach out to either one of us here at the studio or Josh, and we will get you hooked up. So, thanks, Josh. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> He's out. See you guys.